Welcome to episode 68 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. Joining me today on the podcast is author Katarina Wilk. Katarina wrote the book Perimenopower, and it is about perimenopause, which if you've been following me for any length of time, you know has been a great struggle in my personal life. I have been deep in the throes of perimenopause for going on seven years now. I am passionate about connecting women with experts who know about perimenopause and menopause. And Katerina has written an incredible book. We talk about the mental side of perimenopause, the physical side of perimenopause, our attitudes during perimenopause, so much great conversation around the subject. Let's go. There we go, Katerina, and we are now recording. <laughs> Perfect. Good morning. I'm so glad you could be here with us all the way from Sweden, where apparently um, you're having a tropical blast, uh, <laughs> to join us to talk about your book, Perimenopower. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. I was thrilled to make your acquaintance through our uh, mutual friend, Amanda Thebe, um, great connector in all things menopause. So, Katerina, I was just starting to ask you about your career path. So, you have been a health and wellness writer. Tell us some about the kinds of topics you have covered. Yes, that's right. I've been a health and uh, lifestyle writer. Mostly, you can mostly say that I've been doing medical research and journalism, but I've also been doing a bit of a lifestyle. I've been editor for a customer magazine within sports here in Sweden. So I've been writing everything from physical exercise to uh, medical stuff. Got it. Got it. I book Perimenopower. I want to yeah. make sure I get the subtitle right. Essential Guide to the Change Before the Change. Now, this yes. book in particular is born of personal experience of yours. Can you tell us about that? Yes, it actually is. Well, I was 42 years old when it started for me. Uh, I had like some severe insomnia and some kind of panic attacks that I, I've never been a panicky person before. So I couldn't really understand what was going on. So I went to my GPs and she was like, yeah, are you having a ha hard time in work or are you having a hard time with your husband? I was like, no, I don't. I cannot sleep. That's my problem. There's something going on in my body. And after a while, she said, yeah, I think you, ha you are having a burnt out syndrome. And I think you are becoming depressed. And I said, yeah, of course I'm becoming depressed because I don't sleep. Mm -hmm. But the thing is that I don't sleep and that is the factual problem. So please help me. So she put, of course, put me on sleeping pills. I have had the worst experience. I will never ever in my life take sleeping pills anymore and then when I just realized that I won't get any help here from the medical society, what happened with the sleeping pills I had like I tried from the I tried I mean like normal sleeping pills but they didn't work they didn't work for me so mm -hmm. I had to put I, she had to put me on like really strong sleeping pills. So when that, when she did that, I had like nightmares. I was hallucinating, oh. and she was like, 
when you take these pills, you have to be near your bed. And I was like, okay, so will I fall asleep in a second? Or what do you mean? And she was like, no, but you should stay close to your bed. So I was like, okay. And actually I had to be close to my bed because in two seconds, I just fell asleep, like very deep in a coma sleep. Wow. So no good, no good, no good. I do not recommend these things. So finally I was like, okay, they won't help me. I have to do this by myself. So as I am a medical writer and I know a lot about the body and especially about my body. So I started to research and I started to think about these um, symptoms that I had going on for quite a while, like panic attacks, like I didn't feel like myself. And then Someone said to me, like my gynecologist, she said to me, how about your period? And I said, well, it's on and off. And she said, well, maybe you are going through the, you are coming into the transition, but you're not in menopause, of course, because when you are in menopause, you don't have your period for 12 months. So she helped me in a way, but I did all the research by myself. And then I thought, well, okay. If I, as a medical person, don't understand what's happening, how can normal women, women understand? So I, 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 I got like a mission. I thought, I, I really want to help women. I really want to help women understand that the menopausal transition can start really early. So, so that's the background to my book. And so that was the goal with the book, because you as a yeah. person who is steeped in medical terminology and were yes. deep in studying things in the medical world were yeah. blindsided by this. And so you wanted yes. to help regular people, those of us who aren't necessarily in the medical yes. industry. You're right. Yeah. Fantastic. And I do think that a lot of people are not clear, even just on the basic terminology, perimenopause versus menopause. Let's have you give everybody a working definition of both of those. Okay. So we have like, actually the transition is like perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. And the perimenopause is the rocky part of the transition. And that is what women don't understand. It can start like 10 years before you are in the factual menopause. Menopause is when you haven't had your period for 12 months, which means actually one day. And then you have the postmenopause, which is the time after you haven't had your period for 12 months. And the postmenopause can, I mean, be very, very long. <laughs> Some women have symptoms when they are 70. So, I, I mean, this is a thing that can happen from you are, I mean, 40 up to you are. 65 70 so it's quite a while isn't it yeah yeah and i think that you know i was katarina we haven't spoken personally about my own experience um and the reason no. that i do you know i'm a fitness professional i help women yeah. get strong i help women lose weight specifically yes. i have a passion for helping perimenopausal and menopausal women oh. because Okay. That's where I find myself and my transition into perimenopause has been an extremely rocky one. Um, oh, yeah. I was okay. completely blindsided um, uh -huh. and had zero education uh, on okay. what was happening. Okay. And there were times that I thought I was going crazy. I yeah. thought I was having yeah. a stroke. I thought I had um, very serious, some kind of like autoimmune disease. I could not yes. figure out what was wrong with me, but I knew something yes. was wrong with me and no yes. one could tell me what was wrong with me. Huh. 
I think that is the situation for so many women. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So and I think need a, a big part of that solution is education. Yes. Knowledge is power. You have to understand that if you are like maybe not that interested, but then when it starts with your body, something is happening. You have to get all the information you can. And I think people like you and people like me, I mean, we, we, we can really help. That's what I think. And people like Amanda, of course, she's the best. So absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I was 43 when I first started having my, um, my very first menopause symptoms. And in my mind, I mean, I didn't even think about menopause till many years oh. later because that was too early in my mind, but it's not. Yeah. I think that is one of the problems because I think I can see now that the menopause discussion is starting up all around the world. My book has been translated to a lot of languages and I, I can feel that I get messages from women all over. But the thing is that we talk about the menopause like something that is happening when you are around your 50s. But the problem is that we don't talk about the perimenopause. And if we don't, everyone will be prescribed antidepressants from their doctors. Yes. That's the biggest problem. Yeah, and a lot of the, of what people don't realize is that a lot of the upheaval that people, when people hear the word menopause and they know, oh yeah, that's something difficult. Yeah. They don't understand that a lot of the upheaval, that the really um, difficult symptoms actually come before in perimenopause. Yes, that's the thing. That's the thing. So it's time to start up this discussion too about the perimenopause. And do you find women are eager to talk to you about this subject or are they still kind of hesitant? I have to admit that even my friends were hesitant to talk about it until I wrote the book. When I said, I'm going to write a book about this, and they were like, yeah, but we don't, I haven't had, no, before they said, I don't have any symptoms. And then I said, well, I'm going to write a book about this. Oh, are you? Well, okay, I maybe had some insomnia and I maybe have some mood disturbances. So even my friends won't admit that it's happening. And I mean, what is the alternative not talking about it? It's like feeling that you are going crazy all by yourself. Yes, yes. absolutely. And I really do feel we're at kind of a turning point here that women are more open to talking about it. They seem, yes. and I think a lot of it has to do with um, the fact that there are just more of us talking about it. Look, I yeah. don't stop talking about menopause, both in my static posts and on my, <laughs> my Instagram stories here on my podcast. I'm always sharing my own very personal, probably too much information for some people, um, <laughs> information about my experiences. And what I have found is that the more I do that, the more women who come to me and start talking yeah. to me about the fact that they can't sleep, that um, they tried to talk to their doctor and their doctor just thinks that, you know, they need antidepressants. And they're like, I'm yes. not depressed. <laughs> yes, I know. And yeah. the, I think that is a really sad thing that the, the medical society so quickly gives the antidepressants to women. I think it's such an overprescription of antidepressants all over. I mean, in Sweden, we have, I think we have 1 million out of 10 eating antidepressants. I would so much want to know how many of these 1 million are women 40 plus. Yeah. But that is a figure I can't, I can't even research. I haven't found it. It's like it's, 
they don't want to talk about it. And I think that one of the topics that I'm now like diving into maybe for my next manuscript is that we seldom want to admit that women's and men's brains are different because we are we are struggling for gender equality and if we would admit that i'm sorry your brain is not the same as mine that would be like a backlash but i think that if we would admit that we are different would be a step forward so i think the brain thing is really important here because everything starts in our brains I am currently reading The XX Brain by Dr. Lisa Moscone. Yeah. I Have you love read it? That book. Yes, I love it. She is the best. I mean, it's such an important book. I just discovered her very recently, and I'm only on chapter four of the book, but okay. it's, it's quite impressive. Um, and that was exactly yes. the, the point so far is that, you know, the female brain and the male brain are different, and it doesn't mean yeah. that, you know, we're inherently not capable of the same things or that, you know, somehow oh, no, no. us back, but understanding these differences is incredibly important to our health. Yes. Yes. That's the thing. Yeah. I'm hoping to get her on the podcast when I'm, when I'm through the book. Oh, that would be great. I would listen to that one. Yeah. I would really, really love to have her on for a chat. So what yeah. do you think, Katerina, that women as they're entering their forties, what do you think they can do to be proactive about their wellness? I think that one of the most important things is to realize that you can't go on like you did before. You cannot eat like crap if you did that before. You cannot exercise as you did before. You have to take care of yourself, of your body and your mind in an extra, extra, uh, how, do, how, how do I want to say it? In an extra way. You have to be really careful what you do because what you do during the perimenopause that will be really um that will have affect your 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 coming years so i think lifestyle changes during this period is something really important i i write about that in my book what to do i'm not that into diet and physical exercise I'm not, I mean, I'm not that strict into it, but I think there are some small changes you can do during the perimenopause, which are really important. And eventually, if you don't cope with it anymore, then maybe, maybe you should try HRT. That's what I think. What were some of the big lifestyle changes that you made personally? Well, uh, one thing that I I always been like when I have had been doing physical exercise, I I did a lot of cardio training. I was running, I went to the to the cycling classes and I was like always running. I was a bit of a stressed person. So I added some mental training, like more calm physical exercise like Pilates, like yoga, restorative yoga, which is this form where you stand in the positions for a couple of minutes. That was the best medication for me because I got energy and I went calm by the yoga form. So I think that if you just add something to your normal physical exercise, but in a calmer way, then I think you will, you will cope. And one thing I did also was that 
usually I could, when I went out running, I did that in the evenings. So I did like eight, nine o'clock and then I went home and I tried to, to calm down and get to sleep at 11. That didn't work anymore because if I did my running eight in the evening, I could not fall asleep. So I could see that the, my body didn't know is this a positive stress or is it a negative stress? It's mm -hmm. some kind of stress in my body. So I just decided to, if I'm going to do my running, I'm going to do it in the mornings. And in the evenings, I do my yoga. And that worked. That was a really, really big change for me. So that was about the physical exercise. And then about the diet. Well, I, I mean, I'm... I can be unhealthy too. I drink Coke sometimes and I, I eat a burger sometimes. But during this period, I was like, okay, what can I do? If, if there are any studies showing that you can do something with your, with your diet, I'll have to try that. So I stopped eating meat. And when I say that, I mean red meat. And then eventually when I got the hot flushes, I could see that when I stopped eating red meat my hot flushes decreased so i think through diet like not totally vegan just like minimizing meat and minimizing sugar minimizing alcohol and coffee coughing that was my big changes and those things helped you in specific with your hot flashes yes yes interesting yeah interested you brought up HRT. Did you, in the end, decide that that was the right choice for you? Uh, as I said, this started when I was 42, and I started with HRT when I was 48. And I did that because it was not that I couldn't cope, but, but I felt that it was harder. It was like getting harder and harder to keep up with these lifestyle changes only. So I decided to try HRT when I was 48. And for me, it's been a good choice. And then of course, it is up to everyone to choose. But as I'm, I'm an unbiased medical writer, I don't work for any medical companies, but I, I, through the studies and through the research I've done, I can see that the HRT might be good and not bad as most of the women think it is. Mm -hmm. Actually, it decreases our risk for cardiac diseases. And we think that it only increases our risk for breast cancer. But the number one killer for women is not breast cancer. It is heart diseases. So it has a good, I mean, there are some good things, positive things with taking HRT too. But ultimately, it's your choice. If you can cope with lifestyle changes, I, I, won't, I won't say anything about that, but I know that the discussion here in Sweden is that maybe in the future they will give women HRT even without symptoms mm -hmm. because it's like when you're diabetic, you get insulin. When you have an estrogen decrease, maybe you have to have your estrogen. Mm -hmm. It's a very complex, it's a very controversial discussion, but, but I, I, I am quite, uh, I'm satisfied with my choice. And actually I um, felt so much better for me. It was like, finally, I was me again. <laughs> Do you understand? I was like, okay, yes, so I absolutely understand how I am. Are you taking it? 
I am. I have um, oh, very similar oh. ages to you. I started having symptoms at 43 that got increasingly worse. And then I started HRT when I was 48. Okay. Okay. So we're the same. Yeah. And yeah. I'm 49 now. I'm almost 50. So I've been using HRT for a little over a year at this point. It was absolutely life-changing for me. Yeah. For I had me zero too. knowledge of it. Um, gosh, in the many years leading up to beginning to take it, um, the little knowledge I had about it was all negative. Um, yeah. And as I actually began to research, and I had no idea about the things that you just mentioned until really close to when I started taking it, okay. about the idea that they're discovering that it actually has you know, cardioprotective benefits and that it might be yeah. something that they're going to be recommending in the future for all women, not just those of yes. us who are symptomatic. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been life-changing for me too. I have to admit that. And I was quite, in the beginning, I was quite shocked that it had that effect on me. Because as I said, it was like, okay, this is who I am. I haven't, like, I, I could in a way feel that those years between 42 and 48, I mean, I had a good life. It's not, it's not that I was depressed or anything, but I could feel it was a struggle. And suddenly when I took the HRT, it wasn't a struggle anymore. Yeah. I was like, all the world just opened up itself again. You can hardly admit that. I mean, it is hardly hard to admit because some women that are still afraid of it might think you're crazy. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. You know, when, when I started, I had been sleepless for many months at the time that I started HRT. I was feeling quite desperate when I started um, okay. HRT and I did not expect it to work as quickly as it did. And it was... Um, it was absolutely life-changing, you know, to actually oh, be good. able to get a good night's rest again after many yeah. months of not sleeping. Like yeah. that, that, that started a new chapter in my life. <laughs> well, yeah, then you and I are, are like maybe role models for how good HRT can work. Yeah, and I know it's not the answer for everyone, and there are certainly lifestyle changes that people can make. Um, yeah. I, one of the things I really like about the title of your book, Perimenopower, uh, is that it sounds positive. And in the yes. book, I saw a sentence where you said, you know, we're not victims. We can actually be the heroine in our story. Yeah. Yeah, we can. We have to understand that we have a power just being women. We can bear babies in our bodies. That is a miracle. So we have this power just being women. But during this quite hard period in your life, it's like these powers within you are hidden. And I think you have to, if we speak about this period in a positive way, if we can regain these powers, I mean, then... If we can see it in a positive way, if we can regain the power we have within us and just understand that it is a perimenopause power, it, you have the perimenopause power within you. You just have to find it again. That's the thing. And it can be, and I will admit, I have to do better at, you know, not speaking so negatively constantly about menopause, <laughs> but so much of what is happening with the symptoms is very negative, right? Yeah, and yeah. But I always say that menopausal women, perimenopausal women, are some of the strongest people I know. Yes, you are right. You are so right. Because we, in a way, we struggle. But we go up every day and we continue the struggle. And for that, we should have a medal. 
<laughs> no, but but I I understand what, what you're saying because I think also you can see that in the menopause community, also on Instagram, there are so many strong women trying to to help other women. And that is the best thing. If we if we can help other women, we can make other women strong. Yeah, I think about trying to help myself figure out how to thrive yeah. during this period and yes. speak to other women about how to thrive yeah. during this period and being very realistic about the uh, difficulties because there are a lot of them. Um, yeah. But I suppose the idea would be speaking about them in the way of how can we overcome them and help you yes. to still have, a, have you know, this be an amazing time in your life. And yeah. It's not all downhill. No, because this it's so so like this. I mean, what is the alternative? The alternative is that we die, and I mean, yes. we don't want that. <laughs> so we have to we have to make the best of every situation. And now this is the situation we are in this period. So just let's make the best of it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming and speaking to us. Tell everybody where they can find you and where they can find your book. Yes, so you can find me on Instagram on my name, Katarina Wilk, uh, W-I-L-K. And then my book is available, of course, on Amazon. Um, and uh, in the UK, you can also find it, of course, in bookstores. I don't know if you can do that in the US yet, but, uh, but you, you can find it on Amazon. Okay, great. Yeah, I don't even know if you can find it in bookstores because with Corona, I can't remember the last time I've I been know. to an actual bookstore. So, Amazon's How is the situation? How is the situation? Where are you in the States? So, I'm in Pennsylvania, which is just a little bit south of New York. And okay. we were on complete lockdown here in my county for three months. Uh, oh, in my God. In June, we came off of total lockdown but things are still pretty tight. My kids are going back to school next week and they're not allowed in the building. They will be schooling from home. They will be schooling from, okay, so in Sweden, you know the situation. We didn't even have a lockdown. You didn't? No. Wow, didn't. it passed you right by. You are blessed. <laughs> yeah, we are. But I mean, we still had, comparing to how many people that live here, we have had some, a lot of people have died. And oh, you have? We have yeah, but we didn't have, we have flattened the curve. So our health system has never been um, overwhelmed. They, they could cope with it on the ICUs. So I think the situation in Sweden has been quite good comparing to other places. But still, we still have the virus here. You so. do have, okay. I thought you yeah, were saying yeah, yeah, you sure. by. So you're oh, saying no, that you just no. weren't on lockdown. Um, no, got no it. we didn't. We didn't because our our health uh, how do you say our health uh, minister what the, what we call it they um, in Sweden it's like if if they recommend a thing Swedish people follow that if they 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 recommend it they didn't force us it's not you it's not a law but they recommended to give your kids the measles vaccine so ninety seven percent of the kids are vaccinated. So if the state says that, okay, guys, stay at home, do social distancing, uh, wash your hands, blah, 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 then Swedish people listen. They don't uh, have to like, they don't have to lock us down. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> not uh, not all Americans thing. are like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm so sad hearing about what's happening in America right now, but I hope things will get better. 
here's hoping you and me both. I would love for things to get better for us to be able to, you know, return to a somewhat more normal life and be able to travel and, you know, yeah. have our kids in school and do all of this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Thank yes. you again for coming on uh, your you. book, Perimenopower. Fantastic book. I highly recommend it to all of those of you listening and Katerina, let's for sure stay in touch and continue this of conversation. Course. Yes, of course. Thank Kim. you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for being here and listening in to the Fitness Simplified podcast today. I hope you found it educational, motivational, inspirational, all the kinds of ational. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, if you found value in it, it would mean so much to me if you would go ahead and leave a rating and review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. It really does help to get this podcast to other people. Thanks so much.